Good evening, everybody. Brian Newbert here from goldenblack.com, joined as always by my turn signal. I am uh, live in my car once again, leaving Mack Arena this time following Purdue's 87 to 68 win over Iowa in the second game of Purdue's two game December Big Ten swing. Uh, this is your goldenblack.com drive home podcast. It is brought to you by our friends at the East End Grill and Ripple and Company. Uh, Purdue Federal Credit Union, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, which I'll be driving past here in about 10 minutes, hoping they keep all their critters uh, on their property. Um, so, so Purdue, you know, kind of gives you everything you wanted after that disappointing loss on Friday night at Northwestern. Uh, they didn't mess around one bit. They started the game great. They finished the game okay. They started the second half great. Um really good on offense, good enough on defense, took care of the basketball, which is the single biggest key to their success. Uh, only eight turnovers in this game, uh, one of which was committed by Will Berg, I believe, in the final minute, uh, so it really shouldn't count. Um, but, you know, after the 17 at Northwestern and after an entire offseason talking about it, Purdue took care of the basketball against Iowa, and you saw what happened. Um uh, you know, Purdue is so efficient on offense that it really underscores the importance of the turnovers. And this was a classic example of it because Purdue just gouged Iowa on uh, the offensive glass. Purdue is really good offensively, but when they missed, they just destroyed Iowa on the offensive boards. And that was really what kind of set the tone for this game right away. There were two stretches where Purdue missed three-pointers got the rebound, missed another three, got the rebound, hit a three. And that's just absolutely backbreaking stuff for an opponent, especially one as physically limited and or physically overmatched and as disinterested in defense as Iowa was or always is. Um, so just the offensive glass and Purdue's ability to make free throws, which they did tonight, I, I think is just underscores their, their per-possession efficiency and what they're losing when they turn the ball over. And you know, that's the reason they lost at Northwestern. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people would point to other stuff. Other stuff, it's all red herrings. This is, they lost that game because of turnovers and no other issue, really. Um, Northwestern got 20 points off them. Purdue lost probably 40 points off them. Um, and that's just the way it was. And Purdue came out in this game and just played great uh, and uh, just really did everything you possibly could have wanted. Uh, you know, Zach Eady was Zach Eady. It's just beyond redundant now to talk about how he gets 25 and 14, and that's somehow impressive when he does it every game. Um, so just kind of take that for granted, but don't take it for granted because you're never going to see this again. Um, I probably said that after Caleb Swanigan too, but, um, you know, he was awesome. Fletcher Lawyer was really good. Uh, a lot of guys were really good. Braden Smith didn't have to play as much as normal, but he gets eight assists to, I think, one turnover and six rebounds and pretty minimal minutes. Uh, but this was also kind of a big game for everybody. Uh, I, I think everybody did something positive, uh, if not a lot of things positive. And I think the guys who didn't score were some of the some of the best guys Purdue had in this game. I think Ethan Morton, uh, you know, I keep writing this, I keep saying this after this game, but I think his fingerprints were all over Purdue being up huge right away because all the little things he did defensively, all the passing, all, all the all the connective tissue type stuff he did offensively, if that makes any sense. 
uh, and just how many points he contributed to, if not, you know, scored himself. He didn't score, so he scored none of them himself, but I think he he contributed to a lot, and uh, I think Caleb First was really good. I think Mason Gillis was really good. It's it's hard for me to say that, you know, this was a little things game for Mason Gillis where he did good things without scoring because he scored too, hit 12 points. Um, but I, I think those guys were were really, really good. I think Camden Heidi did some positive things. And I think you're seeing a team here where, you know, some of those guys who maybe aren't playing as many minutes as that they could be, they would be somewhere else, including three guys I mentioned before who were starters last year and are are now parts of committees coming off the bench and Caleb first, Ethan Morton, and Mason Gillis. Um, I think those guys, so far so good in terms of Purdue needing them to be about you know, the team's success as opposed to getting as many minutes, getting as many shots, getting as many opportunities as you know they've probably earned in their college careers to this point. And that, that's a really positive sign for Purdue moving forward. Uh, not altogether uh, unsurprising. Not altogether – what am I trying to say here? I, I, I don't know. Um, it's not surprising that that's the case if you know those three guys. But also, if you've, if you've examined closely Purdue's history lately, it's not like they've had a lot of those situations where, where you've had guys at the end of the bench kind of moping. Um, I think that's one of the areas where Purdue does a really good job in recruiting. I think they get the right types of people. Uh, but also, I think they do a good job managing things. Um, you know, also, he is very much a minimalist, for lack of a better term, in terms of how many guys he wants on his team at all times, uh, making sure that there's not that 13th guy who's not playing, who is just being a problem. Uh, it hasn't been a problem for Purdue. I, I think that speaks to organizational strength as much as anything. But I think it speaks to the character of those guys I just mentioned, Ethan Morton, Caleb First, Mason Gillis, that... You know, this was a huge game for Purdue. They had to have this game. Had to have it. You could not go 0-2 in December in Big Ten play. And, uh, you know, the, they were clearly part of the solution. And uh, not that there was necessarily anything to solve. But they did not uh, – they they rose to the occasion as much as anybody did. And, you know, again, it was a game where everybody played well. So uh, – but I think those guys – those three guys stood out as much as – the guys who handled all the scoring and the rebounding did. Um, it is funny that, you know, for uh, probably the third or fourth time this season, you know, Zach Eady gets 25 and 14 and doesn't get called to the press conference. That's kind of on us in the media because we kind of choose, but it's just, it is what it is. Like, you can only ask him so many questions about, you know, being physically dominant and just, you know, kind of laying waste to everything in front of them but um you just kind of take it for granted but I think this night was about those other guys as much as anything um so big response for Purdue obviously uh this was kind of a weird situation because this team you know gave one away Friday night at Northwestern um had to turn around right away you know to come play a team they're obviously better than and uh you know was bound to have offensive success against because everybody does against Iowa because their culture is to just not defend for some reason. Um, they put all their practice time into offense, clearly. They are really fun to watch offensively. They're so good at what they do. But it comes at the expense of their defense. that They just phone it in. They have been for years. So Purdue, you know, could have out, just outscored these guys. Um, 
probably. Um, but I thought Purdue, you know, was better defensively, and they did a better job taking care of the ball. So I, I think what what went sideways on them Friday night really resonated with them on a short turnaround, and you know, Purdue solved everything right away, um, which you know should be the expectation for for these guys. They're they're really really good, and you know, I, I've said oftentimes that I think Purdue's standard for itself this season should be itself and not the rest of the Big Ten. And when Purdue just challenges itself to play as well as Purdue can and not just play a little bit better than Northwestern or a little bit better than Iowa, I think that's how Purdue can be great, if that makes any sense. Um, It is late at night. I am a little bit loopy here. Um, So I hope that all makes sense. But that's what I got uh, from Purdue's blowout win over Iowa in Game 2 of the Big Ten season. This has been your goldenblack.com drive home. It is brought to you by our friends at the East End Grill and Ripple and Company. Um, Purdue Federal Credit Union, the uh, acrepro.com, TNW Design and Build, and the Whitaker Inn, which I'm looking at right now uh, out of my driver's side window. Although I can't really see it because it is, of course, dark. Um, but anyway, next time I talk to you guys, I will. Uh, certainly not be doing it while driving because I'm going to be in Canada. I'm going to be in Toronto and I I don't know what what the Canadians think about people recording podcasts while they drive on their roads and I don't want to find out. I don't want somebody on a horseback pulling me over. So um, thanks a lot everybody and we'll talk to you again from Canada. Take care. Bye.